Welcome to Esoteric America, a podcast where we tour the strange, mystical, and esoteric pathways hidden beneath the surface of America. Join Mark, Tara, Roman, Chad, and a new local researcher each episode as we dive into our country's diverse regions, states, counties, cities, towns, neighborhoods, parks, etc., leaving no stone unturned as we unravel the cult knots that tie history, culture, religion, all in with the fringe elements that you may not have realized were at play in your own backyard. jump right into it ladies and gentlemen after a long hiatus we are back here with the esoteric america podcast we're gonna wish our dear friend roman a happy birthday he unfortunately cannot join us for this episode because it's his birthday so happy birthday roman but i do have my lovely co-host slash girlfriend but i should put the girlfriend part first tara joining us tara is here and also chad you want to say hi Hi, everyone. And then we have Chad, our co-host up there in the north. And our guest today is also in Michigan, but I think we'll be focusing today on a very specific area in the Midwest, the northern Midwest in South Dakota. Without further ado, you know him from the Gaia Matrix. You know him from the, the Moon Rivers book and many more. He is a Gaiographer extraordinaire, and this is almost the fourth time we've had him on a podcast. So it's a pleasure to have you back, Peter Shampoo. Welcome to Esoteric America. Yes, thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. I really, really appreciate you having me on your show. It's been a segue into other podcasts and getting this material out. And that's really my main list is to get this this material out, get people thinking about the Earth in a in a, in a more spiritual context, uh, you know, it's a, not so much as a commodity, but as a actual living spiritual being, my book, Gaia Matrix, explored that concept. And I continue to do that to try to, you know, if the, if the earth is living well, well, what are her organs? What are her spiritual, you know, what, what makes up her spiritual body? You know, how do, how do we interface with this spiritual body? I and mean, where do we go to interface with this spiritual body? So you know, within that context, I've been working kind of, well, I, I've been, a, I've had this like front row seat, if you will, with this return of these artifacts that were pillaged from the dead of the Wounded Knee Massacre. And, and it was, th these artifacts have been in Barry, Massachusetts for the past 132 years. So I went to a conference out in Wasta, South Dakota, two Julys ago. And at that conference, we went to, part of that was to go to Wounded Knee, and I found it to be really in need of, of help. There was a lot of stuck energies, a lot of residues from 
from the Indian Wars, from from that. I mean, you can, you can feel the the the, the disturbed spirits, the spirits that were just really still very unsettled after that emotional experience. They they never really been given the proper send off, I guess. Uh, but but because of that insight, I, I, I took it upon myself to look at the, the geomancy of the site of Wounded Knee. And that, uh, you know, started this collaboration with this woman, Mia Ferraletto. She's she's done most of the work and or all of the work, really. <laughs> you know, quite, a, quite a person. And getting this these artifacts returned. They, they've been trying to get them returned since the 90s. We finally finally got the Barry Historical Board to release them to the the what the tribal council. All, all five tribal council members are coming out to receive these artifacts to bring it back to South Dakota on November fifth. So it's it's a big big thing happening here with this uh, from all reports from the spirit line, various psychics, people who tune into such things feel as though that the return of these artifacts are going to precipitate a return of native, the native power. It's, it's like the whole metaphor of wounded knee spoke to how, you know, that uh, the events of that day, you know, put the native people as a whole, you know, you know, put them down on their knees. You know, they were, and they, they turned them into beggars essentially, you know, with, within our, uh, our, our culture. And, you know, put them into prison camps and took away their sovereign relationship with the creator and, and, and took away their, their, their ceremonies that were so essential in world maintenance because of what they, what the ceremonies that they would enact at their sacred sites. So, so with this return, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's going to be some big changes. Uh, it's it's concurrent with the Pluto return of the country that's happening right at the same time that the artifacts are going to be brought back to the wound, you know, back to the knee itself. They're picking them up in November. And then on December 28th, there's going to be a, this Bigfoot ride comes in. They follow the 150 miles of of travel that, that Bigfoot, you know, he's a, a spotted elk was his name. Bigfoot was the size of his feet. So it was, you know, it's kind of a derogatory name, but it's stuck, you know, kind of like nickname stick, you know, <laughs> but so, so these, these, these riders come in, you know, 30, 40 riders, you know, on, on horseback come in on the 28th and then these artifacts will be pulled out in a wagon to meet them. And, and that's the big cell this, the, it's going to be the big ce- celebration public celebration and they expect more than 5,000 people, Lakota, Nakota, Dakota, Denae, Apache, you know, you name it, you know, Irishmen will, will be there for the, for the return of these, these artifacts. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really quite a, quite a thing. And so I, I've been working, I wrote an article for new observations magazine on my findings at wounded knee. And that's being published, you know, at the same time, you know, for this December event. And it's an issue that is free online, New Observations Magazine, uh, that can be, that's completely devoted to wounded knee. 
And so they're going to have my esoteric article, you know, which is, you know, <laughs> really a new perspective, I'm sure, for the even the Indians. And then, then there's going to be, all, you know, like a forensic scientist that's going to give his take on Wounded Knee. Uh, he's been working on it all his career. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a Frenchman. Yeah, Frenchman who's been studying it and, you know, kind of determined that it was a murder. You know, it's a murder case. Right. And then there was a, an, an Italian who has also been working during his career to develop a, a class action suit, uh, looking at all the tribal presidents, precedents and, uh, you know, legal from the you know, U.S. government and, you know, all this stuff. So he's been developing this case as well. And so this, these artifacts are like bringing this together. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, in this magazine, it's going to tell the full story of what really transpired in that day. And the wounded knee, you know, although it was, it was a, you know, it was the suffering of the Sioux nation that was being put down, you know, of that day, it was really emblematic of the suppression of the entire native consciousness. It was called the day the West was won for 29th, 1890. And that's really when the Indian Wars stopped. There was a couple of skirmishes later on, but, you know, that was kind of like the official press thing, you know, you know, so, so there was this whole 250 year period of warfare that started in Massachusetts with the King Philip's war and, you know, all that stuff down there, you know, the burning of the Pequots. Mm, Pequot uh, you know, War, yeah. That, yeah, you know. That, that, you well, know, it's interesting. I don't mean to, to interject, Peter, but I appreciate you going yeah. on and, and, and explaining so much. But much like the Wounded Knee Massacre was once called the Wounded Knee Battle, I found a book called The Mystic Fiasco that shows that the Mystic Battle was sort of propagandized and meant to to it was made out to be a, a bigger disaster than it actually was and in reality those Pequa went by canoe across Long Island Sound and, and just moved on from there where they had been living and John Mason out there in Mystic he wanted to come off as a hero to his company men so he rewrote history and said it was this big bloody battle and we killed them all don't worry they'll never come back and it's interesting cuz wounded knee has that same you know rewriting maybe in a different way they instead of calling it a murder as it should have been known they wrote it into history as this big battle when in actuality they were surrounded by the military women and children and non-soldiers and and just you know blown away yeah these were a beat people mm. absolutely you know they, they they had no arms you know they did have guns to you know like shoot a deer or something but they were beat you know and they they were searching for food and they're they were in the state of starvation they were freezing to death you know they were in no shape to wage any kind of battle against anybody they were just, you know, one foot in front of the other, you know, 150 miles through the through the early winter cold of, you know, South Dakota is just hell, man. And you know, and they 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 came to Red Cloud's camp. The, the that was the first reservation, Pine Ridge Reservation, and they came there as a place of refuge. And Red Cloud, you know, accepted them, you know, as part of his band, you know, you come here, you stay with us, it's all good. And, you know, they were getting their rations, you know, their fry bread with, 
you know, maggots in it and all that. I mean, a terrible experience that the natives did. You know, the, what what a sacrifice that native peoples have made for the sake of the entire world to come together in this place. You know, they 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 need really need to you know get off their knees and and be proud of of what they gave this world. I mean, it was what an opportunity, and it was only because of the natives in their lifestyle that it, it allowed. You know, I mean, if the natives had been like Europeans, you know, I mean, there wouldn't, you know, America wouldn't have happened, you know, it just wouldn't happen. So it's, it was, uh, you know, them caring for this earth and them uh, managing the, the forests, you know, they, 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 you know, 1491, excellent book about what America was like just prior to Columbus arriving. And, uh, you know, we had a CBA culture or the native people, you know, the, the entire continent was cultivated. You know, they, they, they had food forests everywhere. They, they had, you know, paddocks where the deer, they, they had brought food for the deer and for the bear and made sure that, you know, burn off this and, and encourage that. And, you know, it, was, it was like, you know, I mean, the entire continent was this way. And, you know, it's a, a paradise that they had. And, uh, you know, you know the, the, the abundant life just, you know, black in the sky with birds and you know what a place what a place that they, they created and they have a piece and i think you know wounded knee was something that you know european pyramidal consciousness of you know top-down economics you know the, the the king at the top you know the corporate guy at the top but you know all his people who were down at the top of slaves beneath them when they met the native people, it was so contrary to their, their, their worldview because they were in a sovereign relationship with greater, which is something the church was, man, you can't do that. You know, you've got to go through us. And they were in a sovereign relationship with the land. And wait a minute, wait a minute, you've got to go through us, you know, you got to go through the top guy, you know, you got to, you got, you know, this is kind of like profit through suffering that the English economy and worldview has has established around the planet right now you know is is it was very contrary to that so wounded knee was they were encircled by you know it's like the sacred circle of the nat of especially the stew you know they, they, they their symbol was this medicine wheel essentially and you know there they were down in this valley and there there's hills all the way around it and the seventh cavalry who was getting their revenge this is a revenge killing for what what many of those people that were there were also there at Custer's last stand. So, you know, the 7th Cavalry had been itching to get their revenge, and, and this was an opportunity to do so. And they did it brutally and without cause. And uh, and they surrounded them in this, this sacred circle, but it was an anti-sacred circle. You know, it's kind of, it was a circle of death. And, and it was, you know, they had all these automatic weapons, like a Hodgkin's gun, a, a Gatling gun. A couple of them were spraying the whole area, killing, killing soldiers as well as Native people, First Nations. And it was, they were, they were a group of people that were doing the ghost dance. And it was, that was a revival group. It was kind of like, you know, like some cult or something, if you will, in our day and age where, where someone's really inspired by this teacher 
and they all gather together, and, you know, and there were Lakota there, but there are a lot of other tribes as well who gathered with these people because, you know, they were doing this practice, the ghost dance. And it was a spiritual practice, and it was a mano, you know, Deo, you know, it was a man and God, you know, there was, and they were just doing this collective dance, and it was, it, 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 it was like Christ was mixed in with that. Christianity was mixed in with that. They, they, they were trying to assimilate, you know, what they were confronted with and, and, and try to make it their own. And, you know, they, they translated it into, okay, you do the ghost dance and it'll get rid of the white people. They'll, they'll leave and the Buffalo will return and all this stuff. And so the U.S. government wanted to put an end to that because it was insurrectionists. And the church wanted to put an end to that because it was anti-Catholic, you know, or it was it was interpreting the scripture in a, in a way that they didn't approve of. So right in the middle of this, you know, circle of death, there was this intention to ghost the ghost dancers. You know, they there were they and, and there just before everybody started to fire. A priest was shown up, given the last rites, you know, making the sign of the cross. And as soon as he finished his last rite blessing of these people, they just opened up with everything. And they opened up for nine hours straight, chasing down man, woman, and child in a five-mile radius. And just brutally stabbing them, clubbing them, shooting them point blank. I mean, it was just absurd you know and like i say the starving people you know they'd already had all their weapons taken away from them and and they that the, the historic uh, the history of the victors was that oh yeah there was this one uh indian that you know let, let his you know he i guess he was deaf and he didn't want to let his gun go and, and it fired in the struggle to take it away from him and when that happened everybody just you know just started to shoot you know, I, I've, I've heard of that, that happening in, in Iraq, you know, you know, where it was just, a bullet goes off and everybody in the, in the barracks just starts shooting out the window at everything, you know, and it's like a thousand rounds, 2000 rounds later, but you know, it's just, it, there was no cause for that. But the only cause for that, it was sacrifice. They wanted to make a statement they, they, they wanted to put an end to this, to the native spirit. So, you know, it, it, it worked, you know, it was, it, it worked. There, there's a, a landscape out there in, around Wounded Knee, a mythical landscape that has the, the hero, the v victim and the perpetrator, you know, kind of involved in this landscape story there. They're right there where the, the badlands are is all full of dinosaur bones. And then they, they had their sacred mountain called Bear Butte, which is where the Sturgis Rally is. You know, 800,000 bikers come there every year. You know, it's kind of like as a pilgrimage site. You know, they don't know why they go there. It's, like it's this great attractor, you know, this, this beautiful mountain. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's like the Akashic record of the universes in that mountain. I mean, I, I visited it once. It was really, I, I was, I, I, I like, I, I felt like I could ask it anything and it would have an answer. And, and you know, that's the way the natives treated it. You know, it was, it was like the holy city of, of the high plains. People would come to that mountain, Bear Butte, to, you know, a vision quest. And so that was, so th there was, and then, then, oh, yeah, then the people. So the, the there was a story about this big monster. The black bad badlands, you know, who's 
bones you can see right there, was killed by the hero bear who in his self-sacrifice had died of, of his mortal wounds. And you can see, you know, like where he's, he just kind of collapsed on himself and he's sleeping there, you know, in, in, in death. And, and he saved, the, the bear saved the people from the monster who was devouring the people. So you got this drama triangle going on there, implicit to the land and implicit to the cosmology and the history and how they relate to the world. And uh, you know, out of the Badlands is where the Seventh Cavalry came from. You know, so it's like the devouring monster came in and you know destroyed the people. But th there, there's this missing connection with the the Great Bear. Where they, how they set up the the mass grave at Wounded Knee, where the where the monument is, is smacks of like masons. You know, which was 1890, you know, it was the height of Masonic Egyptian revival. And, you know, they were all doing 33 degrees and everything. And, and you know, 27, you know, 20, 23.5, you know, like all these kind of numbers that, that, that work towards, you know, power and control. And, and so they, they laid out the trench, 33 degrees, what, east of north. Is that what it was? East of, east of North. Yeah. So, so they had this, this alignment, you know, 33 degrees and it goes right to Rapid City. So all the, you know, Rapid City is just full of, you know, native, it's like a city, an apartheid city. If you're a native, you go there for groceries, even if you got a PhD, they, tr they follow you around the grocery store. They, they, they have actual workers that just follow Indians around and make sure that they don't steal. And there, there's actually one, the Grand Gateway Inn in, in Rapid City has set into effect a policy that they no longer accept Native guests. And where that, where that gateway is, is right, you know, like right down the center line of that, of, of that, that burial mound, that burial trench. And so there, there's this like suppression of native consciousness that, that kind of puts it back into a, the context of, it puts their power under the power of the Masons 33 degree, you know, frequency. Mm. Right. So uh, my thing is, is to, okay, and I'll take that gravy site and I'll move it over three degrees so that it's on 30 degrees instead of 33 degrees and have that aligned when it's at 30 degrees, it aligns right to bear butte. Hmm. So, so it, it'll give the, the stuck souls who are stuck and entrapped that, that, that have been ghosted, the ghost dancers who have been ghosted will be given a pathway out of that trap, out of that Masonic trap, you know, towards the hero, towards the great bear. And so that's kind of the, the piece I'm bringing to it is to, is to offer that. And, you know, how that's done is, is like, I don't know, you know, like an exchange of, you know, I don't know, maybe these artifacts should go to Bear Butte hmm. and be buried on Bear Butte, you know, so that the, 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 the native spirits, you know, know where to go. They can follow, follow it. You know, that's, that, that's where their, their, their scalps are. That's where their umbilical cords are. That's where their moccasins are. That's where their, 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 their peace pipes are. It's all, 
you know, it, it'll give them an attractive direction to go. And instead of this discordant thing of Rapid City, which is, you know, I mean, Rapid City is all about taking away the sacred site of, of the Black Hills. The Black Hills are supposed to be forever, you know, as long as the rain would shine. You know, I mean, it, it was a big treaty. You know, Lakota people would always have the Black Hills, sacred site. It was like, they're not there doing their ceremony. I mean, they are, but, you know, they, they, they can't do their ceremony because everything is owned. Oh, you can't come in here. I own this property, you know, and this kind of stuff. And, and the sacred sites are all over that place. It's not just one one place. You know, that, that whole complex of, of mountain there is a sacred site, and it's essential towards the health of the planet. You know, I mean, it's like, I'm sorry, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I know the gold diggers don't want to hear that, but, you know, having that, the Kogi of South America have taught us that, that uh, the Inca didn't have the gold for riches. He had that gold to ground his spiritual energy, ground cosmic energy coming in from, from the celestial, connecting with the terrestrial. And gold was the stuff that did that. And the, and the Kogi would actually have these gold figurines that they'd, Hang, hang in the trees in their sacred site to do that very thing. So the, the gold deposit that is the Black Hills does that. It connects the, that, that sixth and seventh direction. And, and, and you need the, or the, the, the fifth and sixth direction, you know, you know, with the, wherever a Lakota goes, he's always in context to the seven sacred directions, north, south, east, and west, above and below. And center, you know, that's in your heart. So that gold does the, does the zenith nadir uh, column of light between cosmic energy and terrestrial energy and blending that. But you need that center in there. You need the native people in there doing their ceremony wherever they need to do it whenever they need to do it in order to maintain the world. You know, it's the heart of all it is. And it's like, believe them, it is. And so, you know, this returning of these artifacts, I'm open. will just, you know, like wake up the world to, to the gift that is the native, the native DNA, you know, the native mind that, that still retains this, you know, this, this capability. It's, it's like a, it, it's a gift that none of, none of, nobody else has, you know I mean? What a gift the native people are for maintaining the world in this way. And, and, and it's like, because of this transcendent view of God and everything, you know, it, you know, like we can just rape the earth and, and you know, look what it's got us, you know, it's like <laughs> the place is burning and you know, drought everywhere, you know, killing and you know it's just this endless war you know so it, it's like it's this there's a lot of hope around this the return of these artifacts yeah so that's that's at the center of an earth ring and that's really my my mm. feel it's like i i found that there are all these rings around the whole planet i've been past couple of years i've been mapping them all out uh, I'm trying to get out the encyclopedia of earth rings so that everybody can use these things. And it's, you know, all these rings have these center points and quite often there, the center point is a native sacred site. Mm, right. Ch- Chad has a picture of the great lakes. There are a map behind his right shoulder and a t-shirt with the upper and lower peninsula on it. And 
and that uh, the Sault Ste. Marie is the center point of, of that earth ring. You can, you know, you can see it quite, you know, plain as day there, that, 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 that spin field of the Great Lakes. Hmm. And that's a native sacred site, you know, it's a burial site. And, and so what did the Masons do? Well, they, they hauled in this single piece monolith, this, this slisk, and placed it right there on the gravesite. You know, it's, it, it was an act of synchronous, syncretism where they, you know, one culture takes over the power spot of another culture. And it's like the church practiced that in, in Ireland uh, and, and in places in South America and, and France and, you know, all over the place. They, they would take like Druid sacred sites and put a church on it. And then whatever the deity was, they would come up with some saint that would match those qualities and okay that's you know so there's a lot of michael and mary things there's a lot of bridget stuff and you know that you know but these were the sacred sites that were from that from the old celts so they did the same thing with the native sacred sites here and and that was that was part of taking over the, the black hills you know and placing those masonic heads at mount rushmore it was a statement of 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 overlordship over, over the native sacred site. And, you know, it, you know, so now, now it's their sacred site. Right. Uh, so the motto of South Dakota is the Mount Rushmore state, as if that's the only thing South Dakota has to offer. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. And so-, yeah. so, so that's the center of an earth ring and the arc of the earth ring goes out to Grand Tetons and over to a pipestone. Pipestone was where they, they got the, the stone for the Calumet over in Minnesota, right in Minnesota, South South Dakota border. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much a straight line from, you know, from the Tetons through the Black Hills over to Pipestone. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so I've been uh, trying to pave the way for that to happen, to the return of these artifacts, the return of native consciousness to the land to empower that, to, to entrain the ley lines that feed bl- the Black Hills and that go through Wounded Knee, you know, the, like opening this pathway for the return of the native spirit and the native mind to the land, which is that the land is like, you know, it's only been, you know, like 200 years, but the land is like, yeah, yeah, oh, something, something's wrong here, you know, it's like, where, where, where's my native people? You know, where are the, where are the people that love me? You know, and, and the earth is like, wow, you know, something's really wrong. I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta send out some smoke signals and let them know that, you know, the things aren't quite right. And, and, you know, I think that's, what's going on. It's like the earth is begging for the return of the native consciousness. Hmm. And, and what I, what I see now in America, you know, it's, there's first nations all over the place and, and, and there's ley lines all over the place in, in, in esoteric America. But the one that I've been focusing on is, is the one that connects Barry, Massachusetts, where these artifacts were, and Wounded Knee, South Dakota, where they came from. And it's kind of, you know, it, it almost seems like it was an esoteric, you know, syncretism where, where they, they brought this you know, iconic artifacts from, you know, where the West was won and brought it back to where the Indian War started as this kind of alpha and omega control mechanism. Mm. So this, Mm. this museum, I mean, you know, it was never open. 
you know, it's, and it's just a bunch of curio cabinets displaying human parts, you know, it's like, you know, from a Holocaust, you know, imagine, imagine a Jewish person in front of, you know, you know, you know what I mean? You know, you know, I don't need to paint that picture. You know, a terrible thing to 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 just even think of doing such a thing. You know, I mean, you know, they they, they treated these noble, beautiful people like animals, and and they, you know, and they're the gift of the planet. <laughs> I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. You know, well, it does make sense because, you know, that that kind of worldview, that consciousness, really gets in the way of corporate expansion. Mm, right. Right, and that's that's what all these colonies were predicated on. They were all betting on the value of the land. They were, you know, investing in it in its prospect because they had only seen it as a commodity. And everybody that was on the land was in the way. And psychologically, the way that they maybe got some support from the common folk is by making it a religious. Uh, battle right there was a religious reason we needed to christianize these people otherwise they were they were you know devils they were you know bad and needed to be pushed off the land because god had chosen these colonists to take it over so to speak mm. yeah 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 it's, buffy saint marie had a had a nice little talk i listened to and she says, one thing we has never talked about is that the, the colonials that came here, came here under tremendous trauma. You know, after 500 years of witch burnings and, you know, beheadings and, uh, you know, and drawn and quartered and pull the intestines out and, and burn, you know, burn the gay people in the basket, the, the burning man, you know, and all that stuff. It's just, uh, this is incredible brutality that that is the European culture is, is brought to the fore there. And so it was like how they treated these people were just like how they were treated themselves. Right. right. <laughs> you know, we're all wounded and we need to heal these wounds in order to, you know, this wounded warrior thing needs to be taken care of. And, you know, otherwise we just keep on fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and, uh, so this, this ley line, you know, I've been putting medicine wheels in my own technique of placing medicine wheels and prayers along the way. It's kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm creating a, a breadcrumb path for the spirits to follow back to wounded knee. So I'm doing, I've done pilgrimages. I'm going out east on, the, on the November 5th for the return of the objects and then traveling with, it seems like I'm going to have to travel with the objects back to South Dakota, there'll be a, like a, a train of cars, you know, go, going back along with these artifacts. Uh, I, I guess it's going to be like a, a marathon drive to get them back. They're not stopping. They're just, you know, they got relief drivers. They're just going to, you know, because, you know, it's, 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 it's a multi-million dollar collection. Although it's illegal to hold by any collector collectors would you know you know want it you know so mm. it's going to be protected like escorted and and whatnot this is like a real protected outfit carrying these these artifacts is that what you're suggesting it'll be protected by uh, yeah that's awesome yeah, but i mean not not the you know yeah some well-armed Indians, probably. I, I don't know for sure. I don't want to go there and get into right, that right, fierce right. space. Right, but, right. You know, they're, they're, it's more of a sacred pilgrimage. Right. You know, they're doing it by land. 
they could have flown it. They could have packaged it up in a, in a freight and sent it out front. But but there's there's this necessity to bring them by land because they're so sacred. They shouldn't be up in the you know because the etheric energies when you, you know when you take an airplane you lose your etheric body. You know there's a real sensitive thing here, and and they they, they need to be with the people, and and be in this familiar state. So. So they're just, you know, traveling out there, you know, however they, they travel out. Wow. And, you know, like I say, there's a bunch of elders. There's a tribal councils coming, you know. And, you know, so it's, it'll all be, you know, it'll all be protected by the spirits. What are some of the artifacts? I want to thank you, Peter. Yeah, thank you. For being such such boots on the ground. A lot of us do the research and do a lot of armchair research, but you are truly on the ground making a difference. And I can't tell you how much all of us appreciate that. Now, I once heard you use a metaphor for your earth rings and your ley lines that I want to ask you about where you said the ley lines can be akin to the stem on a plant and the earth rings akin to the blooms or the flowers. And that makes me ponder and wonder are there places along the ley lines or along the flowers where we can help where we could you know where we can have ceremony Uh, the obvious you know the obvious place we think of is the center of the earth ring but is it just important possibly to be nodes or as you put it monoliths along the stem of the plant the ley line Maybe if we held enough ceremonies, we could have effect on the rings themselves, almost as if we were nutrients or, you know, nutrients or fertilizer of sorts as humans for these earth rings and these ley lines. Yeah, yeah, it's mobile megaliths. You know, we we know we know we, we need to be mobile and not not stuck in the ground like over in Stonehenge. You know, we need to be able to be flexible and and yeah, move along the yeah. There, there's. You know, I've mapped out a lot of ley lines that, you know, you can find a spot along the, any of those, to, you know, place a, place a wheel or place a, you know, a bundle of feeding the elementals that, that flow along this, these lines. You know, th- this particular one that I'm working went from Boston out along Route 2 in northern Massachusetts, right up the Mohawk River Valley through the Iroquois Confederacy. You know, right there, you know, through the top of the Finger Lakes, right through the the, the Central Fire in Syracuse. So, you know, like doing cer- ceremony in Syracuse is really important around that Central Fire, because that Central Fire is where Jefferson and, Je- and 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 Franklin came to learn about the Iroquois Confederacy, which they based the Federated States off of. So it was it was the it was the Iroquois, the, the wisdom of the Iroquois that really guided the founding fathers on the government structure, the appropriate government structure. The failing of, of our federation is that they didn't have a council of grandmothers. That was the essential final word within the Iroquois Confederacy was that was the council of grandmothers. And it's kind of like the, you know, like the Supreme Court's sort of like that, but not really. You know, and so, you know, all the chiefs want to go to war or, you know, get the glory of war. They can't go until they come to the grandmothers. And they always look at, well, how is this going to affect the seventh generation? And they want to have answers. And so that was the whole premise of, of this federation was, how is it going to affect the seventh generation? 
And that's not taken into account. It's like, it's, I was just going to balance our books here, you know, by blowing up stuff. Right. You know, this has got to end. So, so, you know, that, you know, doing ceremony there is real important because that's on the, the, the longitudinal line of Washington, D.C. The Washington, D.C. diamond is up to 77th longitude, goes right through here, right through Onondaga. Mm. You know, the central fire of Onondaga. So, you know, D.C. is an important place to do ceremony and, and to try to mitigate that. You know, it's like they have the syncretism of, of this big obelisk that, that, that references the, the Great Pyramid, you know, as a downshoot of energy from the Great Pyramid and instilling that pyramidal consciousness into, into the, the American worldview. And it's like, and, you know, and the natives go there. They, they go out the mall and every year they have a gathering at the mall where they, you know, Native American church, they do peyote and stuff out there in the mall and do ceremony and drumming circles and such. You know, they got the Native American Museum now at the, down by the Smithsonian. And so there, there's an overlay that's, there's a syncretism that's starting to gradually take root there. Mm. And, uh, and the Onondaga are coming back into power and the Syrac, you know, it, it, it's like, it's gradually, you know, the, the consciousness is increasing. So, so that continues on over through Rochester and uh, through Adam, Ontario, and kind of a, it also, it's very close to Niagara Falls. It's not exactly in Niagara Falls, but Niagara Falls is most, you know, with ley lines that they, they, there's nodes and then there's a waveform that follows that, you know, so. So like Niagara Falls is on that waveform that that is around that straight line. Then it goes through Michigan and kind of right through Houghton Lake. You know, Houghton Lake's right, right, you know, and the right, right up there in the in the in the mitten. And is that where it goes? Yeah. We have but, your book uh, right here. We could look. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but no. so it goes right through Michigan. And then goes off into Pipestone and, and then the Black Hills and then the Grand Tetons and then Mount Shasta. And then it goes to Hawaii and then through Australia, through Zululand of South Africa, up the West Coast of South Africa, through the, the Grove of Oshun, who is the the goddess, the Venus goddess of the Yoruba people, who are most of the Africans that came over here in the slave trade. And then, then it goes back to Boston again. So this is a great circle. It's an earth ring, if you will, but it's a ley line. So earth rings are, are, are you know, the, the big ones go all the way around the earth. And so they're, they're a ring, they're great circles. And But ley lines often start and stop between geologic nodes, often granite nodes. So there's still like an electric current that, that runs between the two. That's the case in, in the south of England. Right. There, there's, there's two, the Land's End and, and another one up there to the northwest, northeast. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so any of those spots doing just adding prayers, even you know, being aware of that, of that is, is often enough because you're able to, your consciousness is non-local and, you know, you can be there in a flash and, you know, and, and participate in that, in that pathway and that, you know, with Google earth, it's, it's great fun because you can fly right along it and just, oh, okay. You know, just take this trajectory, you know, Boston, 
just start out the line, Boston to, uh, I know, Syracuse and just stretch it out and you, you see right where it goes. Or, or Boston to to Hawaii, just you know, do that, and then you got all the sites in between, right? Right. And uh, I've I've been finding that, that there's actually it looks like there's two lines that actually you know, work that that area, and and they 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 kind of entwine over a long, very long span, which is typical of a ley line. If you douse a ley line, there's always you know a plus and a minus, you know, one going in one direction, one going in the other. Mm. almost like a like what people would see as like a dna helix spiral this sort of pattern where it's two you know waveforms passing over a main center line yeah yeah and and where they cross there's vortexes wow yeah yeah that's now so that that's the stem you know that's the stem it's just this way lines are the are the are the vining uh, of, of these energies and and the the flowering are the vortexes and these vortexes come in scale from, you know, the Great Lakes to something, you know, like an Earth Energy vortex that you can douse that is generated by two crossing lines, two crossing water lines often generate a Earth Energy vortex. Mm, right. Right. I've heard the example used by Robert Egby of, you know, if you're in a field and you see a bunch of trees growing in one spot, there's a good chance that there's water intersecting beneath them. And if you douse in that area, you might find that there's an energy spiral. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So there's another, there, as far as timing for this goes, it's guy uh, Rory Duff has done a considerable amount of research on on the breathing of ley lines. And he, he, he went out to this one in Bath, England every day for three years or something like that. And he found that there was a pulse within the ley line that would occur every eight days on a very regular basis. Every eight days, the, the ley line would come into harmony, you know, where, you know, usually it's like, you know, kind of like doing this kind of thing. It just everything smooths out and starts to you know like like get this lindescape kind of happens, mm. and uh, he found that 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 when that eight day mark was was when the Earth was passing through one of the solar plasma waves. Mm. So you know, and that's kind of you know that's a huge discovery right there. You know? So so mm. it that that went out to well all right so it, the, the sun have these solar plasma waves very regular waves coming out from its from its you know sunspots areas and, and so every time we we pass through that there's a harmonization of energies so i mean wow you know to know i haven't got what those you know yeah what what the you know i mean that should be on the calendar <laughs> yeah. right it kind of reminds me of jose argelis's work with the dream spell calendar and how that he talks about the the waves coming from the galactic center and from the sun every every so often i don't know when exactly but there's also the day out of time that is july 25th july 25th yeah Yeah. we receive a wave from sirius Hmm. and and then and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It reminds me of and Dan Winter's work too. That's he does the the spiral vortices, and and it's like the different maybe a certain frequency like is emitted at that point, and then you 
feel that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got that straight. You know, there's there there are these points of harmonization that happen, and if we can find those and work with those, you know, like uh, like work in concordance uh, and, and conjoint creation with these energies, it, it's a lot more effective. And Jose, you know, you know, came at this uh, more of a, you know, just in a in a, an intuitive, spiritual, artistic way, and uh, and he was right on. You know, it kind of the the, the research. Since, you know, harmonic convergence and dream spell and all that came out of this, uh, uh, they've discovered that there is a, a wave that similar to the solar wave that's on a galactic level. And, and we go through that every 12,000 years. So that, that, that there's this, you know, mountain in a trough. And, and, and I, I think that there's a like a, a polarity, like under the mountain, it might be a plus, and then in the trough, it might be a minus or vice versa. But you have this, this waveform that's going up and down around the galaxy, and we go through it every 12,000 years. And that's what, you know, at the end of the Mayan calendar is 12,000 years. And so that that's something that, you know, Rory's talking about and looking forward to is that we're we're moving into this the space of high plasma within the galactic waveform. And, and when we go through it, it, it's like it purges off all, all that ash and trash. It just, you know, I, I think we've been going through for the past 12,000 years, we've been going through a very dark time, you know, where we're in this area of space where, you know, what was controlled by negative entities you know, where they could flourish. It was like an atmosphere that, that, that they could flourish within. And, you know, we move through this, this plasma wave over a 200 year period. And then we come out into this 12,000 years of good stuff. You know, it's kind of what, what prophecy seems mm. to be speaking of. Well, that would be sort of fitting with what the Kali Yuga being split into four ages. 12 is a good number to split four ways. They have the age of what bronze, lead, silver, and gold. Some other cultures interpret it in other ways, but it would make sense that we would be sort of cycling almost like the way the zodiac works on us each year. We're sort of cycling through these many different variations of energy on uh, different scales. And what you seem to be describing is one of the larger scales of this. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what the solar, uh, that's what Rory is describing. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I thank him for his research. Uh, yeah, I don't have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> really appreciate that. And, and the day out of time, I would have to ex excitingly say, that my granddaughter, Sparrow Alexander Shampoo, was born on the day out of time. Wow. Uh, last July 24th. Wow. So, oh, congratulations. Yeah, wow. yeah thanks. Yeah. Is this your first grandchild? First grandchild. Oh, wow. Well, look yeah. at that synchronicity. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, the biggest smile of the whole show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's tremendous, and I my thoughts, our thoughts are with her. I hope she has a beautiful, long life. But when it comes to these ley lines, Peter, Tara had an interesting question before, and I want to take what she said and mix it into this question, which is, you know, you mentioned a couple of the artifacts that were taken from Wounded Knee. Were there any other artifacts there, any, like, very significant, large artifacts? Was it mostly things that would have been carried on their persons? You mentioned they were 
sort of at their wits end. So I don't imagine they had like a huge, you know, deposit of riches that were taken to these museums. But were there any sacred artifacts that were particularly worth emphasizing that were taken over there to bury Massachusetts? You know, there's a good 20 Upas. Hmm. What's you know, a Chinupa? Yeah, Chinupa is a, a peace pipe to Calumet. Right, right, the, right. Right. And the, 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 the wooden part wasn't there, but the, but the, the bowl was, mm-hmm. you know, made out of that, that pipe stone. And uh, there was, there, there weren't any, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, these are nomadic people. They, they didn't carry around big monuments with them. Right. But they, there was a few turtle necklaces that they uh, keep the umbilical cord and from when they were born. Right. And th- there, there's this notion that you should always have all of your parts when you're buried. And you know, if you get an arm cut off, you save it to be with you, you know, in the spirit world. And then, you, you know, so they, you know, so there are many of these, 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 these talismans that, that were there. Well, I don't know, three or four talismans of that nature with the human parts in them and the, the spirits would not be at rest unless they had those that umbilical cord with them and buried with them and you know, they weren't really the most monumental piece is is a it what was a ghost dancer shirt ghost dance shirt and that's you know that that's that, that's a huge one there right and aside from that you know there was there was 141 Lakota objects, and then about 60 or 70 other, you know, Apache and different, different uh, tribes. And mm. there was a historian that went through it and, and put out the word to all these, these tribes, you know, that, that you know, here we have these artifacts, do you want them? And, and you know, there, there was one, there was only really just one group that came forward who recognized a, a certain ceremonial piece that was very precious to them. There was like a treasure to have back. Right. But it, was, it was quite a collection. This, this guy, you know, I can't remember the guy, fellow's name, but he had like a road show, you know, come and see the, the wounded knee artifacts. You know? mm. And that was in Barrie, Massachusetts. Yeah. He, he lived in Barrie and he, uh, he bequeathed the collection to the historical society and they, they had it ever since. Now with this sort of thing, you know, we've talked a, a couple of times now on this show about mound sites and several artifacts that have come from different mound sites. Is there a strategy or a, a technique that you recommend people who maybe have, a or uh, maybe in this, you know, position where they have some sway in their community and they can maybe get some of these artifacts moved to a different position? Would it maybe not be to see people aligning them to where they formerly resided rather than it just being, you know, strewn about wherever? Maybe people can begin to take these artifacts and put them in alignment where they used to lie. Maybe not bring them back to the original site and rebury them, but at least present them in a way that's incongruence with the energy flow certainly the ceremonial objects need to, that needs to happen hmm. with the ceremonial objects just you know because they're religious artifacts and need to be in, in an appropriate context with, with with their spirit and with the people who, who minister to that spirit 
Mm. Uh, It's a big question. You know, a lot of this stuff was sold by the Indians themselves. You know, you want, okay, you know, for a quart of whiskey, you know, it's just, it's a sad thing. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's just quite a, the, the James Fenimore Cooper Museum over in Cooperstown, New York. Really amazing collection there. They have a ghost, ghost dancer shirt there. You know, and, and these collections should go back to the people. You know, the, 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 what, what they're, you know, what they hope to do, you know, I mean, Pine Ridge, poor little Pine Ridge. I mean, the, the, the average person makes $5,000 a year there. And, you know, in this brutally cold winter and they've been, you know, poisoning their wells and trying to, you know, like uh, take over their lands, you know, forever. And they're, they're trying to create a cultural center. There are wounded knees so that, you know, potentially these artifacts will be, be there in this, in this cultural center for all the tribes, all the people to come, you know, and, yeah, kind of like remember that day. You know, it's just, it's like wounded knee isn't just a, it, it isn't just a Lakota event. It, it's a, it's a First Nations event. You know, it's what put down the entire First Nations and and all that, all that, everything. You know, from the contagion and everything for the past. You know, for the three hundred years previous, is all tied up in that place because it's the final event. It's the it's the it's the Omega event. And it can be the the alpha event where where the the native people return to power, get off of their knees, and stand proud, you know, for who they are and, and what they can give to this world, which is you know just a tremendous amount. And they're, they're they're you know their worldview has just been suppressed so much that you know right. they doubt it themselves, you know, and, and it's like this. They've become in a, to identify as the victim, and and they almost you know feel empowered for being the victim, and that's you know something that's you know that's it's got to end too you know it's kind of yeah it's not a good place to be. That's what's so beautiful about your work, and what why I was so excited to find it when we got the book last year because it 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 because because it does empower people and it does bring the native consciousness back to not just the native americans or the indigenous people but all people and mm-hmm. especially women too to if, could, to really take this in and and really understand it you could open see just see where we are and who we are in in a whole in a whole other way but i mean without yeah you know, like, and get, get rid of all of the, the, it opens up a whole new paradigm for lack of better words. Yeah. Thank it does. Yeah. It, it blew my mind when I first found it. And I, I was like, yeah, this is what, wow, this is great. You know, I, I, I put it out. I thought everybody would want a copy of my book and like, well, <laughs> they do. They but, just haven't been shown it yet. Peter, trust me. They do. When they realize what's in this book, they will. And that's a big reason why we, we wanted to create this show and of course have you on as a guest, but 
I'll tell you what, in the short 10 episodes we've done, and we hope to do many more, we've seen a lot of people inspired to go digging in their own backyard. And I, I think that's how we're going to really change yeah. this world is by doing it on a, an individual basis and, and starting where you, where you live first, start in your own backyard. I mean, for example, Tara and I, we found a birdstone. That's what Chad helped me understand it could be. We're really not sure, but it's this very large glacial erratic stone perched on top of another stone. I haven't seen it in any of the books of that categorize these types of things. And it's shaped like a bird and it points exactly west and it just so happens to be along one of the ley lines that you have in your book so you know this was so tremendous for tara and i because we're just driving along the road we know where your ley lines are so so you know we kind of have like a little rough idea of where they are in connecticut so we drive in those areas we're like okay let's go and see what we find today and sure enough i see a large yeah. standing stone off the side of the road and we pull over and Beyond the standing stone, some 30 feet up on a hill was a, a, a perched boulder, you know, a boulder on top of another boulder. And it seems to be aligned, with, at least with the sunset. So it, it's very, uh, very fun to, yeah. to learn this stuff because it opens up a whole new pathway, literally. It does. Thank you. Yeah. yeah to, to address Tara's observation that we're... we're we're all Native Americans, you know, they, the, the Native Americans don't want to be called Native Americans because we're all natives, you know, we all, we're all from here, you know, we're, we all ate the soil, we all grew out of this land. And I, and I think that, that this, the sacred circle is something that grows out of this land. It was, you know, it wasn't the Native people who invented the sacred circle, it was the land that created it. And after you live here for a while, after a few generations, you know, your DNA starts to resonate with this place and it wants to express itself and, and, and it expresses itself in this freedom mode, which is a native American, you know, how they, you know, the sovereign relationship with, with God, you know, from, from the center of the circle, you know, that, that's, you know, I mean, the, the pyramid is one thing, you know, with the, but with the circle, it's like you have the center point and that's, that's that sovereign relationship to, with all that is. And that's, you know, that, that couldn't more accurately describe the American character right there. And, you know, so what, what you look at it's as a continent, we're the only continent that's a circle. You know, we have the, the uh, Gulf of Mexico looks like a circle. The Arc of Mexico, California looks like a circle. Great Lakes looks like a circle, you know, the Colorado Plateau looks like a circle, you know, so these, there are these rings everywhere. There's these circular kind of like sacred, sacred templates all over spotting like, well, the, the natives call it Turtle Island, you know, and it's like, ah, geez, you know, how did they know it looked like a turtle from space, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And, and all these rings all over mm -hmm. it look like, look like turtle plates, you know, the 13 plates that make up the turtle's back. It's, it's like I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I'm just I'm just observing. You know, I'm just a pattern. You know, as a stonemason, I was I, I was entrained to look for patterns in, in order to make a, a wall look nice. You know? and, and you know that that pattern thing is something that's intrinsic to all humans because you know if you didn't have the pattern, you wouldn't survive. You know, all of, you know this 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 route here is dangerous. I shouldn't go there. You know. There's a snake pit over here. I shouldn't go near that. You know, that's where the snakes hang out. You know? 
things like that. Weather, weather patterns. You got to know when the, when the winter's coming. What are the signs of the winter? You know, I'll, I'll add. It's just all all part of of our DNA of our of our epigenetics. And yeah, so we need to step up ourselves. You know, we need to get off our knees. We, you know, we need. You know, we our knees have been wounded too. You know, this is this is our wounded knee that, you know, like we were subjugated to the same, you know, same degree as the native people were, you know, it it is like surprise. I mean, I I, Catholic school, man, you know, I mean, talk about subjugation. Right. Now you mentioned Pine Ridge being the first Indian reservation. It seems like this is a, a template that's been used from there on other tribes to sort of keep them in that place. So yeah, I, I really understand what you're saying when you say that this is the most important. This was like the the finale, so to speak, of of this saga of of many battles. You had something to say, Tara? Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I don't remember. All right. Well, Chad, save us. You got. I've noticed you've been taking some notes. You got a, a question? We we have a little bit more time here, coming close to the end. Chad, I don't got a. I got a comment. Something Peter said previously that helped me really to more fully understand his Earth rings. And for years, I would look at Peter's books and I would see the circle on the map, and you know that made sense to me. But it took him saying in an interview that these aren't just circles on a map. These are spheres on the earth. These are three-dimensional spheres. They're not just rings on a map. They go underground. They go above ground. They go up. And that this, for me, really helped me to visualize these rings. So I just wanted to bring that point up so other people can also visualize them in that way. Because I think that makes a big difference rather than just a circle on a map when we visualize them like that. Right. Would it be, would it also be accurate to say that they're kind of mapping the bubbles of emotional experience that we all share mm. as human beings? Yeah, because in, in your book, you, you, you relate them to bubbles coming up. <laughs> Tiny bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of woke up after, after a workshop, what was it called? Grid masters or something out in the Tetons. And I got back and I'm, you know, laying there in bed with jet lag and said, yeah, you know, these things are kind of like bubbles, you know? And it's like, oh yeah, the shampoo effect, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, it's very accurate. The, 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 what you're saying, Tara, is about the, the emotional charge that's, that's within the, these, these various rings are, you know, speak to the quality of place. That, that is generated within it. So, so each one has their has its own you know, powers, if you will. And where, you know, like for instance, the the Black Hills Ring has the greatest amount of nuclear weapons in the planet, all underground there. And, you know, it's it's quite a, you know, so this place of peace and unity space is you know has has this tremendous killing capacity within it and you know having having some kind of tempering force at the center to attenuate the 
the, the, the frequencies that are being transmitted would be very beneficial to tamp down that and to, you know, shift that. You know, I like all, all these things have atomic warheads in them. And, and, and there, there isn't more, anything more anti-life than splitting the atom. You know, so, you know, to, to create, you know, and that, that, that energy in itself creates a, a, a dome, a field that, that needs to be mitigated. And, 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 you know, you can feel it, you know, driving through Wyoming, oof, that, that's, that's a terrible feeling you get if you're an empath. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, New England, the New England ring, it's, it's filled up with all these universities. So you get a very, you know, kind of intellectual, emotional kind of view on the world. You know, hmm, only, you know, the professors and everything and, you know, Yale and all the Ivy League colleges, you know, they're all within that ring. Mm-hmm. You know, each one has their own quality. Uh, and there, there's, there's a, a lot of, a lot of the earth rings, I, I call them earth rings because they, they, the earth rings on the surface replicate the sphere diameter in the interior of the earth. So the the most prominent earth ring I found in dimension matches the the inner core of the earth. And and it's the the inner core itself is a is a model if you will. You know the, the inner spheres of the earth from you know inner core to outer core to mantle boundaries where the ringwoodite layer of four oceans is and then out to this you know, relates to Pluto, Mars, Mercury, or Venus, which is almost this—I mean, like a, a hair smaller than the Earth. So it's, it's like the, the the Venus is just smaller than the Earth as the lithosphere is thick. You know, so it's it's like this. So there's this visceral conversation between planets, but that that particular proportional radiance coming out of the Earth is the same as the human eye, is the same as Stonehenge, is the same as the Aztec calendar, is the same as, you know, the, the Dura ceiling, is the same as the quantum fields. You know, the, 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 these mathematical theories of everything have the same model within them. And, you know, quantum, the quantum gravity models, same thing. And recently, well, actually, October 9th, there was a gamma ray burst that hit the planet. The, the largest gamma ray ever recorded. It's it's on you know Google News and stuff right now. But when it hit, you know they, this detector on space was like, yeah, wow, you know this huge gamma rays, you know. So all these rays all over the planet, you know, focused their their instruments on this on where this energy was coming from. This gamma ray was coming into the planet, and there, right there, with the was the Earth rings in the pattern of the gamma rays that were that were coming into the planet. So it seems like the, these earth rings are a product of gravity. It's like what happens, it's like how gravity is, is seen somehow. So when you use earth rings, this earth ring pattern in your in your wheel work or in your intentional space, you're you're in resonance with a with gravity. So your intention has gravity. And your, you know, your, your wheel, I, I use, uh, you know, this, this, this earth ring pattern that I've, I'm describing is to buy the four polygons that you can draw out of an enneagram, a nine pointed star. So, you know, like every, if you go, you know, one to one to one to one to one to one, you know, you get the 
the, the Venus thing. And then if you go, you know, one to three, you know, to, you, you get a triangle, three triangles, and that frames the, the outer core. And then if you go every fourth one, you get these very elongated star points with a very small thing at the middle. And that's, you know, that's the same geometry as an Earth energy vortex, too. You know, like Earth, you know, when you douse it, you get these clockwise and counterclockwise patterns that emerge. And, and and there's always this eye at the center, you know, and the eye is peaceful. You know, there's no vortex going either way. So, you know, I know I know some people have developed this thing called the Holy Grail Vortex. It's a Mary Hardy and company out in Temple of Saqqara in Allegan. And, you know, they, they use this, they developed, you know, a model based on this, this template to you know, using the, the great invocation you know, uh, as, as a kind of word power to empower this vortex, counterbalanced vortex. And uh, Mary Hardy has some great videos on it in her uh, YouTube website, but yeah, this is, you know, this is some, it's some great tools, but I mean, seeing that gamma ray burst was like, Oh man, this this is this is something else, you know. I, yeah. you know, I'm onto something here, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I I have tried to have the academy have a look at my stuff, but you know, I, because I'm not a part of the academy, and you know, I don't have, you know, they they you, you only get validated by the academy if if other people can validate your work. But if you haven't done, if you're doing something that nobody else did. There's no way of being validated, hmm. especially, you know, Maverick like myself, who just, you know, like I'm artist, I'm an artist, spiritualist, you know, Sufi. I'm a mixed bag, you know, I mean, I, 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 I dropped out of college, you know, because I, I, I couldn't get a broad enough view, you know, so I continued my education after I dropped out of college and just took a subject and, and learned about it. And that's pretty much what a geographer is to someone who has a pretty good grasp out of, you know, social sciences and nature and art and everything else, you know, culture and all combined and throw them into a one shaker and see what you come up with. So. <laughs> wow. Well, would you say that they, they found you? I think they found him for sure. Somebody found him right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave and Eric, I, I stood him up last night. Vow works another another podcast. Thing. Right on. Yeah. Well, we won't keep you too much longer, Peter. It's always a pleasure having you here for these discussions. And I think the greats are all recognized, unfortunately, obviously. So who knows? Maybe someone will come <laughs> along and val validate yeah. that for you after you're able to see it come to fruition. But I hope we can help spread the word with shows like this. And, and obviously, Thanks, when yeah. people pick up your book and, and really fall in love with the information the way Tara and I have, and I'm sure Chad has as well, you know, it's it's infectious Absolutely. when you learn about this stuff. Great. All right. All right on. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Hey. It looks like I got another show to do here, so I'm back to back. You're late. All right. Well, we won't hold you up any thank longer. You. Can you give yeah, us a, a, a website to follow up with your books and whatnot? Remind us where people can go and, and follow up with you. And, and also... Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, my name is Peter Shampoo. 
and means rock of the field. We were farmers in years past, they're my family. But my email address is my name at Gmail. My, my website is geometryofplace.com. Excellent. And it's, uh, I apologize. It, it, it needs, it needs an update, but uh, yeah, there's, there's a, there's some information there and there, there's some books available through that front, you know, that homepage. And yeah, uh, there's my contact is there. My phone number is there. I'm very open to talking to people and, and getting this information out to whoever's interested. So. Right on. Yeah, I look forward to our next conversation. And I think your website looks good. It's a nice reminder of what the internet used to be. And I think a lot of people in this community appreciate that aesthetic. So I wouldn't change it. I think it's good. (laughs) Anyways. I appreciate that. Peter, it's always a great opportunity to to share in your wisdom. So thank you for for spending time with us here on Esoteric America. And uh, for everyone listening... Get on a tour of your local area and reach out to us. Let us know where you're at and we'll have you on the show to talk about it. But until next time, happy touring.